Dear Chicago. Fullerton is next. Doors open on the left at Fullerton. How about Chicago? I could be there. Welcome to Foul Monkeys. This is Adam. Hi, and this is Jerry. Oh, Jerry, real excited. Um, (laughs) You're listening to a gay podcast recorded out at both Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles, California. Woo! Um, so this is episode 940. Thank you for coming back and listening. Um, we promised on the last episode that we were going to talk a little bit about disco. Yes, we've got some disco for you people. Oh my God. Oh, there you go, people. Just a little taste. That was Sophie Ellis Baxter, by the way. Sophie Ellis Baxter, um, with a cover of Crying at the Discotheque, which was originally Alcazar. 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 Um, Alcazar is German? Swedish. Swedish? Yes. Um, let me, yeah, they are Swedish. Um, they're like a super kind of gay, iconic, uh, pop, disco-y, dance music sort of band. And Crying at the Disco Check was like their, like, that's like their big song. And that was like mid-2000s, right? Like almost right before 2010? Or no? Um, no, it was like right around, because I remember it being out around Spinning Around when Kyle oh, wow, had like, like your thing. Yeah, so let's see here. It's from their debut album in 2000. Um, it has a very famous sample. There is a disco song called Spacer by Sheila and B Devotion. Um, it was produced, I believe, by Niall Rogers, actually, from Sheik. Like um, but Spacer is a very famous uh, disco song as well. Um, so Sophia Bexter did a series of like home concerts called like Kitchen Disco, where she would do her songs and cover songs. And she did Crying at the Disco Tech and then re-recorded it for her new album, Songs from the Kitchen Disco. Um, it feels like it should have always been her song, kind of. Like she does a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's just fucking karaoke. Like, we'll get over it. Like, she sounds fucking great. Whatever. Shut up. Um, <laughs> right? Um, there's like, so I feel like that's like fun pop disco. And there's also this sort of like, which I feel like Kylie's album is going to ride the line between that and this like kind of like trendy new disco sort of sound that's like kind of a little less poppy. Like the we talked about the Jesse Ware album, mm-hmm. which is more like like harder, 
like I want to say like sexier kind of to a certain extent it's not necessarily like just dance music mm-hmm. um but there's also I recently did I'll have to send you a playlist and it's kind of like a mix of new disco some old disco a little bit of new wave um because I've been listening to it a fucking lot um pull up if you can the new horse meat disco album all right and because jerry has to play things too, the horse meat disco yes um which i had to check out like years ago because they've been just primarily like djs and they've had like compilations where they've done like mix albums and stuff mm-hmm. um but like the fucking name horse meat disco i was like i have to find out what these guys are up to um but their new album is like fucking great like start to finish really fucking good um so let's play a little bit of oh, hold on jump into the light if you can find it um which has vocals by and i think we talked about falling deep in love again which is also on the new Kathy album. sledge oh yeah you did you do you did send me this mm-hmm. um kathy sledge who is one of uh, Sister Sledge. She did the lead vocals on He's the Greatest Dancer and We Are Family, I believe. Um, so let's do, yeah, 13, Jump Into the Light. Oh, it's not. good for being in her 50s she sounds fucking good she sounds like she was in her 20s again um the whole yeah the whole album is great it has a track with uh nidea davenport who was in brand new heavies back in the day and also has some great solo work Mm um big (laughs) fan horse meat disco we talked about the tom aspall album i believe already uh I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. You just made the post about it. Oh, okay. Um, Y'all should listen to that. Black Country Disco. Um, The Black Country is an area of the UK. It's in the West Midlands. And that's where he's from. Um, And all of the songs are like, kind of like basically, there's my, one of my favorite tracks um, on it is, I always fuck it, the actual number 01902 yes that's the most kind of like disco-y song it's great right it's so good um but it's kind of about traveling from the west midlands to like meet somebody at a hotel room and hook up um it's fucking brilliant um there's a song called wm which is about west midlands um and it also has like kind of like a little bit of like witchy elements like 01902 um, quotes the movie The Witch with Anya Taylor Joy, like the the one with the goat, Black Phillip. Yeah, I didn't. I all I heard was it was so boring. But I, 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 it's it is kind of boring, and it's hard to it's hard to kind of commit to. But it's it's worth it. It's a beautiful movie. It's like beautifully shot and kind of fucked up. Anyway, the goat. I don't know if I should spoil it. Anyway, don't spoil there's it. There's a part where 
basically it's been out for a while fuck it so the goat is the devil black philip um and black philip says uh what's thou like to live deliciously and then it's like um dost thou like the taste of butter <laughs> and um it's this goat talking anyway 01902 at one point like the chorus is would you like to live deliciously about not knowing his name because I'm resisting. <laughs> yeah. Small talk. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know his name because small talk I resist. It's so good. And it's like straight up like who hasn't been in that situation, girl? And like it's like there's a line about like putting the do not disturb sign on the hotel room and like let's make the most of this money we spend in on this hotel room. It is gloriously trashy. Yeah, it's a great album. It's it's really good. And it's like 35 minutes start to finish. It's oh, fucking yeah. it's great. Um so those two, I'm thinking about I'm definitely gonna buy both of them. However, it's so expensive to fucking import things from the UK right now. And all the good music is only available on vinyl over there, it feels like. And they don't let you do packages. Well, I was trying to do, so I got away with doing a package with, um, ooh, we should also talk about, oh my God, how did I forget? Um, the Roshan Murphy album. I don't, is that how you pronounce it? Roshan? I think so. I don't know. Because it's Irish. Um, her new album, uh, Roshan Machine, is fucking also like pretty hardcore disco. Um uh what's my favorite song which has been a single for a while is narcissus um we may have played it already i don't know but is so unusual it is and i fucking love it um the whole it's just like that one is more like it feels like bathhouse music kind of mm -hmm. because a lot of it is very it's repetitive and like kind of hypnotic um 
but it's like a lot of the singles have been out for a while but they have like there's a longer intro with the strings which you heard a little bit of and i was like jerry fast forward to like the actual like verses um they're like slightly different versions than the singles so if you know any of like um what else narcissus something more murphy's law um incapable no yeah incapable was a single i think um but if you know the songs still go listen to the album um i think simulation was a single but like just fucking do it it's so good um anyway so that's i guess like a little taste of the new disco is there any do you do you have like a favorite favorite classic disco song well that's actually interesting i um i was watching uh you know what what is that show that i love oh uh unsung a couple of years oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unsung, and they had an unsung the history of disco and what i didn't know about disco is disco was not propelled by the bass most of the songs are propelled by the other instruments and the strings and so now oh, the strings yeah, it, yeah now what we call disco is not what it was then because it was like strings the uh you know brass any you know it, the, everything else is what drove disco the you know the bass was just kind mm-hmm. of in the background so i found that in, very interesting um i do have to say if thank god it's friday comes on i have to listen to the whole song uh it's it just mm-hmm. like transports me back to when i was 7 years old and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I have to watch this movie when it came on HBO. And of course, then I'm like, this is stupid. Although it's on Prime <laughs> and you can watch it and it's hilariously bad. Uh, it's real bad. Steve Gutenberg, right? No, that's uh, no. Stop the Music. Oh, God. Okay. Which is also terrible. That, that made me gay. The locker room, the YMCA <laughs> screen made me gay. Um. I think that full, the, frontal, full frontal. The first time I saw the scene full frontal on a guy. Damn, I didn't realize there was full frontal there. I'm gonna yep. have to go watch that. Nancy Walker. Just that. <laughs> oh God. I know. Um I wanna say this is deviating from disco a little bit, but the also the locker room scene from the best little whorehouse in Texas. Yes. The the Aggie song. Aggie, the Aggie song. Um, yeah, no, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, no, I want to do it with all of these guys. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I want to do it. Right, exactly. I was like, mm, I want to go to there. First of all, I want to dance. Second of all, I don't know what these men are wearing, but the butt is missing. I didn't know what a jockstrap was probably until I was like almost an adult. Probably maybe high school. Mm-hmm. In case you haven't guessed, I wasn't very sporty. I know. Um, and I played basketball, but you can't wear, you don't wear a cup in basketball. You played basketball? Mm-hmm. I did. I was, so I'm like six foot, like just like right at six foot. But I've been basically like between like five, ten or six foot since I was in like sixth grade. Uh, so I was like really tall for my age, kind of. So I was a forward, but I was also fat. So I could like block people, knock them over or did whatever. You squeal. Did you get squeal when you shut the ball? <laughs> um i never shot the ball because i was like super stressed out about it i was like i'm gonna pass this to somebody else because i can't handle it somebody else can do that right um back to disco um when yeah. i was what's your favorite song 
Oh God. I mean, like I could go super cliche and say Donna Summer, Queen of Disco. Um, Cause when I was growing up, um, my mom and my, my mom was never like super into disco. Um, my aunt Sue loved disco. My aunt Nicole liked Donna Summer. Um, and we had the Hot Stuff double album, um, which this will transition into double albums in, in a few minutes, um, I imagine. Uh, so like the Hot Stuff album reminds me of like growing up a lot because the whole thing is fucking great. Um, there are some particular sides. I want to say um, side one and side four are like the big kind of hits because mm-hmm. side one is, I think it goes from Hot Stuff into Bad Girls, um, which is just, ugh, just a just a that double punch of like the first two tracks. Um, yeah, it goes from Hot Stuff into Bad Girls. Um, and then Love Will Always Find You, which isn't like great, great, but then it goes into Walk Away. Ugh, Walk Away is a fucking bop. Um, but Side 4 might be my favorite because it goes from Our Love into Lucky into Sunset People. And Sunset People is maybe my favorite song on Bad Girls. They play Sunset People a lot on Channel 54 on Sirius, the disco station, or Studio, studio mm-hmm. 54. Uh, that is like one of those that they play a lot and they were like you know it wasn't a single but you know it's like a big you know a really nice track and so that I think that's the first time I had heard it because my parents didn't really buy albums but they would my mom Mm -hmm. would buy 45s for aerobics when she had to teach her girls so we had on the radio Mm -hmm. which was one of my favorites and last dance uh, we had that too which I love but yeah Donna Summer, Diana Ross, those are mm. all big. I one of my favorite disco songs that I didn't discover until I was like grown up and started like a deep dive is um Niecy, Denise Williams. Um I've got the next dance. Yes. Oh, so good. Um I love Denise Williams. Also, when I was little, I listened to my aunt and uncle kind of used to DJ on my dad's side. And they have a huge, they had a huge vinyl collection, some of which I've inherited. Um, but my aunt loved Tina Marie. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to, I remember listening to the Star Child album, which is like more 80s, like Lover Girl was one of my favorite songs when I was little. Um, but I loved uh, I Need Your Lovin'. Mm-hmm. It's like a classic disco song. So like that's up there with me. Um, but yeah, so I would say, Tina Marie, Donna Summer, Nisi. Those are big disco moments for me. Anyway, back yeah. to Bad Girls. Bad Girls. Um, double albums, if you don't know, were kind of newish and kind of like, I feel like there was like a risk element because it was a big deal for record companies to produce, like actually manufacture two records for one album. And I feel like there was like kind of almost like a price loss situation, maybe. Could be, although they were probably more expensive. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure that they were definitely more expensive. Um, So I was listening to Bad Girls and I was like, this has to be like one of the best fucking double albums of all time. It's just, it's iconic. Um, it's sold out the fucking ass. Um, 
it's incredible. And I was thinking about like mostly vinyl double albums because vinyl has a limitation of however many minutes per side. I should probably know that. Um, I'm going to look it up. Seems like it's like it can't be more than 40 minutes, I think. That's how it always seemed to be. Excuse me. Um, let's see. How many minutes on one side of vinyl? So 22, about 22 minutes. So yes, like 40 minutes-ish. Um, so that's one record. So if you wanted to go over 40 minutes, you had to do a double album. The first double album ever is um, Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde, which uh, I'm like... I kind of hate Bob Dylan. Is that controversial? I I don't get it. I don't get him. I don't get it at all. And is it like, is it because I, and well, I like both of us, is it because we're gay? Do you think? Well, I mean, honestly, that's not music that I grew up listening to. I mean, anything, my mother would never, ever have listened to that. She, you know, my dad liked the Beatles and mm -hmm. she'd be like, ugh, you know. He liked Janis yeah. Joplin, and she'd go, "That whore," you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my she god! Couldn't stand that music. She was all about Motown and disco, and mm -hmm. you know, my dad didn't sit around listening to albums. I think he had "Let It Be" and like one other kind of album, but he wasn't, you know, he had a big stereo yeah. system. But it, you know, she was the one because she would be taping for her class, you know, mm -hmm. for aerobics because they she had this program that had. Uh, at, at, at one point, it was the original songs that they had looped in the uh, instructions. And then if you, mm -hmm. flipped, and then they had another tape where it was just the songs without. Well, then I think they got in trouble for copyright because then it was like weird covers of songs. So usually mm -hmm, what mm -hmm, I would mm -hmm. do is like for the final, she would buy the 45, put it on a tape without, and then that's what they had to do for their final. And then mm -hmm, wasn't mm -hmm. teaching school, but just teaching aerobics. After a certain amount of weeks, she would do the same thing where they wouldn't be listening to the thing. Everybody had to know it. So, mm -hmm. but that's why we had, you know, because music other than what was on the radio. Right, right, right. I, so my mom liked like Neil Young and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and then Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and all that shit, which is kind of like folky stuff, which I could never get into. Um, but there are, so like, I will say Bob Dylan has written some iconic songs. I don't like to listen to Bob Dylan's voice, frankly. Right. Um, probably the biggest thing is his voice is awful. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I just don't, I don't get it. It's not soothing to me. It is not it's and let's be honest i like fucking dance music mm -hmm. so obviously there's going to be an issue there um but like for instance so there's a song on blonde on blonde which a lot of people are putting on their top 10 double albums of all time um there's a song called leopard skin pillbox hat that there's a cover by beck that i think is for like some kind of um not a tribute album but like a like a charity compilation mm -hmm. where like people everybody does covers um and i love beck's cover of leopard skin pillbox hat it's fucking great um but it's so i did actually um one of my friends who's a listener um 
who's amazing, uh, did works for is is um, the artistic director or was the artistic director or was uh, is kind of involved with this theater company that I've worked with a couple of times. Um, Homer and I did a cover of "It's All Over Now, Baby Blue," which is a Bob Dylan song, um, which is like a beautiful song, um, and there's a cover by Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs from the ba- from the Bengals mm-hmm. um, that's really, really good, and it's beautiful. But again, like, it's it's a good song. It's just I don't want to listen to Bob Dylan sing it. Right. Right. Um, what would, what would, so Bad Girls is not on the Rolling Stone Readers poll, top 10 double albums. Um, probably to no one's surprise, it's all... Uh, white men <laughs> well I mean honestly that's what who did the double albums you, it was the Rolling Stones the who you know that when I when you say double album that's what I think about when you mm-hmm. double mm-hmm. album you know that that kind of star power that could say no we're gonna do this I, I need to do a double album right and obviously that's who had most of the power in the music industry right. was white dudes um so wasn't most double albums kind of concept albums to begin with a lot of them a lot of them are like Um, like tommy right um yes and the who also quadrophenia Mm -hmm. um pink floyd they do double albums right the wall like those are the ones that are on the top 10 best double albums ever. Um, a lot of people have the Beatles White Album mm-hmm. as their number one, which I kind of got burned out on the Beatles when I lived in Liverpool. Um, that I in, Insanely talented songwriters, iconic, deserve a lot of the accolades that they've had over the years. Um, I know uh, at the time that we're recording this, actually, um, Shy Yeti has been listening to the White Album um, on vinyl and he loves the Beatles which again fine I also love the Beatles but I don't I feel like the Beatles are almost like shoved down our throats yes so I have a little bit of resentment for that um I, I just I don't again they write great songs I'm not interested in listening to their voices I, you know, it's just, it's too mellow. You know, you can't do anything to it, but drive. Um, there, there are, I do like a little bit of the harder edged Beatles stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like come together is a little bit harder as far as like a single, it's a little bit more rock. Um, when I was in like middle school or high school, I used to go to like fucking, um, Beatles laser shows right i went to beatles led zeppelin my mom fucking loved led zeppelin my mom also loved cc top cc um, top while you didn't hear me what i said i said cc top when you were saying my mom listened to but you didn't hear me mm-hmm. my mom got pissed at me because she was like you stole my cc top records um and i did that's true <laughs> good thing lisa doesn't listen to this because she'd get in their car and come get them Right? Um, no, she knows. She's like, I don't know what happened to my Trace Ombres album, um, which is her 
uh, the like one of her favorite ZZ Top's albums because um, it got Lagrange on it, which is one of my favorite ZZ Top songs. Anyway, back to um, back to double. Um, double albums. Yes, can you think of? So a lot of people have um, before I get into it. Before I ask you, um, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. Um, which was a double album in the 90s. Yuck. <laughs> so that's, so the thing is, that was a double album on CD, mm. um, which some double LPs move to double CD, but also a double LP can usually fit on one CD because mm-hmm. CDs are about 70 to 80 minutes. They, could, they can hold usually up to 80 minutes now because of technological advances, but nobody fucking listens to CDs anymore. Anyway. So I'm not counting CD double albums because those are often a lot longer than what you would get on a vinyl double album. Anyway, so that one's on a lot of people's lists. Um, But that was was something I grew up with. I loved Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I had it. I had a Smashing Pumpkins box set of all the singles. Um, The only double albums I really had were like greatest hits. Like, you know, the Supremes. Mm -hmm. Supremes Greatest Hits was Mm -hmm. a double album and uh, they made it into... There was one version that had one CD that left out a few, and then you could get the double one. And then mm-hmm. my Diana Ross Greatest Hits is a is a double album too, because it has mm-hmm. um, it has some of her lesser stuff, like when she, you know, with Billie Holiday and some of those albums mm-hmm. that weren't really hits, but they kind of were. So that that's mm-hmm. what double album I had, you know, either a Greatest Hits package or, you know something some right like that um didn't abba have a double album or no or was it just the greatest hits um so their greatest hits they had a volume one and a volume two they weren't double albums um i don't think um and no i don't think they did have a double album um back in the day i don't think that they ever did like a full-on two lp for any of their like studio albums because mm-hmm. i know because like arrival wasn't bulebu wasn't super trooper wasn't visitors wasn't um and yeah i don't think abba the album like the one that went with the movie i don't think that was a two lp that was just on turner classic movies like a month ago so i finally watched the whole thing it's weird it's i don't it's cute i like it it was silly you know the story is silly but some of the interviews mm-hmm. were fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interviewing some little Australian kids who maybe are nine years old. And they were like, why do you like the girls? And this one boy was like, I think Agnita is sexy. And they go, sexy? <laughs> and the little girl next to him goes, sexy? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sexy. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. He, I he heard that. his dad say that. Oh. Um. Yeah, no, ABBA, no double albums there that uh, I can think of. Um, A lot of people have um, Led Zeppelin Physical Graffiti as a top album. I do like Led Zeppelin probably because of my mom. Um, I know that's probably not something for for you, per se. Um, Something that you probably would agree with, um, Saturday Night Fever. Oh, that was a double double album, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if I can't have you was just on the radio yesterday, I think. 
And I was like, God, this oh. is still such a great song. It is. It is such a good song. Um, and to have a musical theater actress sing it and then yeah. become a big disco hit for her. I mean, that actually kind of the 70s was with that. Um, you know, Stephanie Mills had, you know, disco hit. Mm -hmm. uh, who was the other one that is, I'm blanking on right now? Uh, she won the Tony for Pearly and she was in Hair. Uh, she had a bunch of disco hits uh, and I can't think of, Melba Moore. I can't. Melba Moore. Oh. Melba Moore had a Damn bunch it. of disco I, hits. I almost said Melba Moore and then I was afraid I was going to be wrong so I didn't say Melba Moore. No, but you um, know, a lot of those Broadway, you know, big belters, you know, because New York and the disco scene, mm -hmm. they, you know, pump out a few hits and, you know, they go in and record because they could actually sing and they go in and then they'd have a big disco hit. I did, uh, yeah. when I was subbing at Chicago, there was this actress, Camille Saviola. And uh, she, you would recognize her. She's been in stuff, but she's like, oh, I was a mm -hmm. disco queen. And I was like, really girl? Cause I can't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, uh, can't find any evidence that you cut any disco records that were hits, but oh. okay, girl, whatever you say. Um, uh, Phyllis Hyman oh, was Phyllis also Hyman. on Broadway. Yes. But yeah, a lot of those, you know, there's a couple of them. Mm -hmm. and some of them were like the studio singers that, you know, mm -hmm. they were the voices for, you know, the kind of the pretty white girls that would, you know, come. Mm -hmm. so. Well, um, Gwen Guthrie, who sings one of George's favorite songs, Ain't Nothing Going On But The Rent, because um, George likes songs about how you you got to have money if you want to be with me, which is the whole. Um, I don't know. He fucking loves um, that song. What else was he singing the other day? Uh, anyway, I can, ladies Room. Oh, Meeting in the Ladies Room by Climax, which is also a classic. Um, but he loves kind of like powerful women songs where they're like demanding things kind of. Um, so Gwen Guthrie, anyway, to digress, we've, I could go on and on about double albums, but we're moving on. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm saying like the Rolling Stone one is all, it's, it's just very rock oriented, which is fine, whatever. But like 1999 as a double album, um, Prince, obviously. Sign of the Times is a double album. Both oh, of those are fucking insane. Sign of the Times is a good album. Good double album. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Um, but like Bad Girls is on some other lists. Um, but I was really happy there's um, like a like a like some kind of music forum that I tracked down and they had a list in 2017. Um, and they were like, ranking for influence, impact, popularity, and acclaim. Um, and Donna Summer is on that a couple of times because Once Upon a Time um, was also a fucking classic Donna Summer album. Um, what's on Once Upon a Time? Oh, I know Working the Midnight Shift, which is probably my favorite song on that album. Um, oh, Rumor Has It. I'm looking it up right Which is a classic. Yeah, um, Rumor Has It is on there. Anyway, um, she had three albums on this list of the top 100. She had Once Upon a Time, Live and More, and Bad Girls. Um, which, I mean, incredible. I was really surprised that Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Elton John wasn't on it. I Love You um, is in the song from Donna Summer that's on that album that I really like. 
yes, that is also a fucking incredible song. Um, but like the leaving Prince off of the list, I was surprised that Elton John was left off the list because Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is fucking great. Um, anyway, uh, that's basically it. I went off at work. I was like in my work chat, like, how dare they not put Donna Summer on this list? And like my work friends are like, okay, like, can you like actually do something at work now? Well, what brought this up for because you know we were talking about because I started looking up to not think about the real world and Trump and all COVID and all this bullshit mm-hmm. because you know if Kylie gets a number one album this year she'll be with one of only a handful of artists that's had a number one album in five decades that is so weird I mean she's only 52 but you think five decades right. but she hit the 80s so late that that's how she got mm-hmm. the initial one but you know I started looking up who all has had I think U2 has had five. Barbara Streisand has had six uh, number mm-hmm. one albums. Uh, when I looked it up, Madonna and her were tied right now for being in four decades. But I don't think Madonna's had a number one. Well, no, because we just turned to 2020. So, mm-hmm. you know, Kylie will go past her as far as. If she, get, if she gets if number get one. the number one. But, but also. I really hope so. I, if I, when I looked up stuff, she's going to pass a shit ton of people if she gets it. I, I sent it to you. I'm going to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she is going to. La, 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 la. Oh, before I forget, we were talking and I mentioned Gwen Guthrie ain't, go, mm-hmm. ain't nothing going on but the rent. Um, before I forget, I meant to say we were talking about how. Um, a lot of these like big voice disco singers were like studio artists and right. they did backgrounds for a lot of people. Um, Gwen Guthrie does backgrounds on uh, the first Madonna album. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Oh, so here it is. I found it. So in the, I knew. In the UK, if she gets a number one album this year in 2020, she will be, she's right now she's tied for number 10. But if she gets one, mm-hmm. she'll have more number one albums than Elton John, George Michael, mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand, and Cliff Richard in the UK. That's a pretty big fucking list that she's tied with now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, first of all, we've already talked about she's going up against Little Mix. Right. Which I like Little Mix, but I would rather than not get a number one. Their last album didn't go to number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel okay about that. Um, it only went to number three. Kylie's last album, Golden, went to number one. If you put it in um, perspective, though, Little Mix was outselling One Direction, even though One Direction was technically more popular than them. Because I remember Graham Norton saying that they came on and they were like, "Why aren't you a bigger deal? You you sell way more than One Direction." And they all kind of were like, "Yeah, we know." You know, and they kind of laughed. <laughs> off. They kind of laughed it off, but Graham Norton was like, "I don't, I don't understand. You're you're selling yeah. more than that. You you you're pushing more albums. You're selling more than them. I don't I don't understand why they're so they're bigger than you are." Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're I like. <laughs> I love Little Mix. They're the only girl group out aside from some of the K-pop stuff that we've mentioned. Right. Um, that are putting out shit that I like still consistently like. Um, I wish that they had changed their date. I I think it's kind of shitty of them 
<clears throat> to release her album on the same day as Kylie. Um, it's a little disrespectful, personally. Um, but anyway, they're making um, it when Kylie went up against Victoria Beckham. How did that mm -hmm. come out? Kylie wins at number one. And then um, it was like number six. That was a big upset. Um, I, you know, Victoria Beckham is laughing all the way to the bank with her fucking clothing line. That's true. But I just remember, like, that. I mean, even in the U.S. here, I like, I remember mm -hmm. them going, oh, you know, uh, you know, Posh is releasing her solo album, at, you know, at the same time as Fever, you know, and, you mm -hmm. know, this was, you know, can't get you out of my head. So, I mean, but she just destroyed yeah. her. And they were like, oh, you know, and then that album was kind of a <laughs> flop. So, and then she didn't, yeah. want she didn't want to sing no more. Um, she did a follow-up that you can kind of bootleg. And I want to say it was with, it was like way more urban. Mm -hmm. um, and I think she did it with Damon Dash, actually. Um, I think she was associated with uh, Rockaware, actually, oh. back in the day. And she did like a more like hip-hoppy kind of album um Rockefeller that's that's Rockefeller records that's, sorry I forgot which Kylie was associated with Rockefeller didn't they manage her during Kiss Me Once uh that's Rock Nation Rock Nation well Rockefeller and Rock Nation I think were affiliated oh I know Jim, I don't know I'm Jim bad he was you know in charge of Rock Nation and wanted to sign her but I don't think they knew what to do with her yeah, I feel like every time they try to go a little more American with Kylie, it's like, like body language. Well, they try to, you know, these are, this is what works for us. Uh, we know you have a history, but we're going to do it our way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I have to say that Rock Nation brought her to New York for that fashion book, and that's how I got to meet her, because I would oh. just happen to be around. It was at Neiman, I think. And I had, a, mm -hmm. I had an event or something. And so I was like, well, it starts in like an hour. Why don't I just go to see if I can get in? And there wasn't a very big line at that point. And so they said, well, you have to buy mm -hmm. the book before you can get in line. I was like, okay. So I got the book and I was like number 20. But then every queen in New York must have gotten off work because then they came and <laughs> just wrapped around, you know. So uh -huh. it, it was fun. And, she, you know, she came out and everybody went crazy and, you know, they had mm -hmm. to step and repeat, but we weren't allowed to take pictures or anything. And, you know, they were like, and, you know, just don't, don't, don't try to engage her. You know, we got to get out, but she was really sweet. And, you know, I, I went like this down on the table so I could get an eye level with her and, uh, cause she's mm -hmm. tiny and she put her hand out oh. and put it on mine. And then she was like, you know, just kind of chit chatted, you know, just, you know, talk, oh. small talk. It was real mm -hmm. sweet. Yeah. I've heard that she's a pretty nice person. Um, so I, uh, yeah, no, I'm jealous. That's all I have to say about it. That's oh, it. So the last thing we have to discuss, erotic mm. fan fiction. Um, so Joe from Dallas sent us a story a while ago. Um, was it May? No, anyway. I, yeah, I don't think it was that long ago. If I feel like it was Ricky, a minute. I, I would I feel like Ricky just emailed it to me. 
don't know, month and a but half. But we've been, so Ricky and I have been talking about it, trying to decide what we're going to do with it because it is something. <laughs> well, at first he goes, hey, I want you to read this on air. And I'm, so I read a little bit of it and I was like, um, has Adam seen this? <laughs> he was like, oh no, it is. I'm not going to read it unless he reads it and gives the go ahead. So it is, there are, so first of all, it's very interesting to read. I will say that. I, and I, Ricky and I had discussed it and we're like, I don't know if either of us is comfortable with reading it because it is dirty. It is gross. It is, well, basically everything that Foul Monkeys kind of is. Um, we've shifted towards, um, a lot of music. We still talk about dick, though. Um, but there are a lot of physical interactions between Ricky and I. Um, I'm not, part of the reason I don't want to read it is because there is some, it's like a saw sort of situation. Um, and there's a part where, like, there's a threat to Ivy, Ricky's dog. Um, and I get very uncomfortable when dogs are in danger. Um, so I, I get the dramatic necessity of having that in the story, but I don't like it, is what I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> that's, so, your, uh, that's your notes. No dogs later in the, in the next verse, in part <laughs> two, because this said part one. I know. Um, which I'm eagerly awaiting part two, I guess. Um, but basically the synopsis is um, Ricky and I wake up tied up and are forced to sexually interact. And there's parts where I'm like farting a bunch, <laughs> which may be a little bit true to life. Um, Personally, I'm trying to figure out what gives me gas. I think it might be carbs. Um, but there's there's just a part where there's a key tied to a string in my butthole and Ricky has to get it out with his mouth. And that's all I will say about that. Well, you know why we haven't talked about dick so much here is because we're at stay at home. We can't go out, go looking for that's any. True. It's, you know, it's dangerous. You shouldn't be out looking for dick. Right now, there are a lot of people are on the app, so they're like, are. mask on, ass up, baby. <laughs> no, it's a thing. No romance, just come in and just shove it in. I mean, that's a lot of people are into that. Um, so there's this like kind of no tell motel that's kind of iconic in Chicago, and it's really close to where we live. It's called Heart of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I know we've mentioned it before, um, but a lot of folks stay there during IML, um, International Mr. Leather, which is usually always actually the weekend of our Labor wedding, Labor Day. Um, so we get married on Labor Day, Memorial Day, sorry. Um, so that's always fun, IML, wedding anniversary all at once. I have to keep my mom out of downtown when she comes to visit because she likes to visit during that time. Um, but a lot of people stay at Heart of Chicago because it's really close to the um, like leather bar situation. Um, it's close to Jackhammer and Touche. Uh, 
which usually have like some events for IML. Um, anyway, there are always, you can shout on the apps or like send mass messages or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you, are you on the apps still? Um, I have Grinder and Scruff, but, it, but I don't, I look, I, you know, I looked <laughs> in, uh, here and one of the listeners who I don't know his real name, uh, we might meet up for a drink. I don't know. And, uh, oh. and, but some other people were this, some old man, you know, was like, Oh, I really want to get <laughs> to know you. Give me a break. You don't have a picture. I told you I don't live here. Uh-huh. Do you like being single? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, well, when people send out the like shouts on Growler or Scruff mm-hmm. or whatever, um, a lot of them are like ass up at Heart of Chicago kind of 12 situations. C, 12 C, ass up. Yeah, yeah. It's like room 435. Come breathe me, door open. Which is fine, like, if that's what you're into. Um, and I guess it's, if people are doing that, or like glory holes, um, you're not face-to-face. So that's, you're trying to be safe. Um, Did I, I, I told, I think I told you the story. So this friend of mine that's an actor, he said that one year he was away for summer stock for the whole summer. So he had sublet his apartment in Midtown, New York. And... Uh, <laughs> He got this phone call and they were like, I won't say his name, but they called and said, um, listen, I, this is kind of a personal question, but I, I feel like that I need to bring this up because it's at your apartment. Are you running a glory hole just inside your hallway? <laughs> and my friend goes, no, I'm away at wherever he was. Why? He goes, I just saw an ad. I think it might've been on Craigslist. And oh God. somebody, this subletter was letting people in and then he had put up a curtain or some kind mm-hmm. of partition mm-hmm. so that as soon as they walked in, they could just stick their dick through. And then he was just, he was just running this glory hole. And I don't know if it was on, I think at that point it was probably Manhunt, Manhunt and Craigslist because you could still run mm-hmm. it on Craigslist. And so he was just doing this and, and oh, I almost said his name, uh, in his building. <laughs> And so the neighbors were like, what is, you know, my friend doing, you know, there's all these guys coming in. That's not like him. So my friend had to call and say, listen, I'm getting (laughs) calls from neighbors saying that you're running a glory hole situation in my apartment. I'm sorry, but I can't have this. You're going to have to leave. And so (laughs) the guy had to like pack up and leave. Oh my God. He was running a glory hole. And apparently there was so much traffic. The neighbors started noticing. That's wild. Well, good for him for having so much traffic for, you know, what I mean, like, right. I guess quantity over quality in that kind of situation. You know, the straight, the, the married guys loved Craigslist, you know, cause they could just go on. I know. I kind of, cause they did away with all of the personals and I used to fucking love misconnections too. Oh man, I have some. I've probably talked about my misconnection stories on here. I'll have to ask Ricky because I got a couple. And um, it's there was a whole situation with a misconnection that was like a fake misconnection because I'd already hooked up with one half of the couple. And he was like, I can't have my partner know, but it's, I, I'll, I will ask Ricky because I don't remember if I told that story, but it is a story and a half. Um, such a colorful history. <laughs> your bucket list colorful 
your bucket list is very, very low. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is very much. I don't have a whole lot that I have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, girl, it's like Skittles. Taste the rainbow. You got to try it. If you don't try it, how you don't know? <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I kind of missed the Craigslist, too, because it was easy. Although I remember, I think it was in uh, Fort, no, I was in Fort Worth, not Dallas. And I was like in the hotel and it was not a particularly busy meeting. And I put up a Craigslist ad and some cowpoke was going around flagging all the posts that were, you know, looking for dick on Craigslist because mm-hmm. it would just disappear. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And of course you never got mm-hmm. about it. You know, you just click on your ad and said, this has been reported. And so somebody mm-hmm. in Fort Worth was just going on and like reporting ads. And, you know, Manhunt wasn't doing anything. I think Manhunt is still around. I have no idea. I haven't. That. I think so. You know, when you have to pay for it, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no need for it. And so it's not right. safe currently. Um, but yeah, no, there's been some wild shit on some apps we really miss i think he moved but there always used to be shouts from boner garage which i i i miss him and i'm sure i've mentioned before i'm sure ricky and i talked about it because i'm i know that he's definitely gotten the the shout from boner garage um but i just one of my favorite things about boner garage um uh but he was just relentless and i was like you are like an icon phone garage like i live for your shouts i love it i'm so proud of you garage, like advertising so that's the thing is when we were talking about it once and george was like so where is this garage like is he like he's just like getting fucked in a garage he's just taking dicks in a garage and i was like baby i'm pretty sure that his asshole is the garage mm -hmm. and that's where you park your boner pull up to the bumper and i was like (laughs) yeah pull up to that bumper slide it in between uh in the words of miss grace jones um but yeah i'm like that's kind of clever though boner garage boner garage where are you boner garage um, Come back, Boner Garage. There's a guy on one of the apps, and his n- name is, and I think I've said this before, you're 23 and me. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. That's clever. I live for that. That's I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's up there with Boner Garage for me, I'd have to say. That's pretty iconic. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, you know, still... Still pandemic, still staying at home. Not much shelf's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's uh, that's pretty much the story here as well. Trying to watch some scary movies, getting into the Halloween spirit. We decorated. Um, that's all I got going on. We watched Jason X yesterday, which is the only Friday the Thirteenth movie I've never seen. Mm-hmm. That, it, it's so fucking bad. That's the outer space one, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it's wonderful, but also just the no actors that anybody knows. It's all, which is generally the shtick for Friday the 13th. But like in the 80s, Kevin Bacon's in the first one. Um, the one with the psychic, she's Lar Park Lincoln, did a bunch of 80s shit. She was in, she was in tons of stuff. 
And um, apparently the really hot guy that's her boyfriend in there is like a Broadway actor. He's like musical. Theater. Yeah, look, uh, there's a lot of people who have had other work. Fucking, mm-hmm. um, what's her name? Erin Gray, mm-hmm. who was in Battlestar Galactica. She's oh. in... She's in Jason Goes to Hell, oh, I think. Wow. Is that her? Am I thinking of the right? Yes. Yeah, that's her. She's in Jason Goes to Hell. Um, so there are people who are like known actors, um, but Jason X ain't got shit. It ain't got nobody in it. Um, it is just like low-key, kind of like a bad episode of like, was like a like sliders or something it's got like that level of fucking like special effects in it but no it's no panel <laughs> oh god it's just it's just bad but it's that fun about the same time as the first spider-man movie because there was this obnoxious queen in new york who mm-hmm. was one of those it was like i can't be friends with people that aren't talented you know he was Starfucker, oh but he had a crush on my friend Roy and Roy was straight and Roy was always nice to him but you know was no interest but Roy mm-hmm. and I got along really well and we had gone to see Spider-Man and this guy tagged along well Spider-Man was sold out so he bought a ticket to Jason X and then there was no assigned seat so he just took someone's seat so they hit it to Roy so someone that had bought a ticket to Spider-Man couldn't get in because this idiot had you know come in of course they didn't check tickets and you know it wasn't a sign mm-hmm. so he didn't get busted but you know he was one of the one of those that would be like oh my god Roy that's so funny we're so much alike you know if we were dating and everybody'd be like Ugh. you know and Roy was really nice about it but Roy never mm-hmm. let him on but boy this one this this queen was relentless oh bless him I remember wanting straight guys what a waste I know waste of time Mm-hmm. Oh man. Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man. I went to see the first Spider-Man for my 18th birthday <laughs> with my boyfriend, my very first like boyfriend boyfriend. And he also got me the uh two-disc special edition import of Fever Ooh. by Kylie for my birthday. Um, so it was a very memorable 18th. I loved it. Um, I bought a Playgirl. Because <laughs> you could. Mm-hmm. I was like, give me some lottery tickets, a Playgirl, and maybe some smokes. <laughs> I'm just going to buy it all. Mm-hmm. I was like, y'all better card me too. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, and then when I was in college, this is just, I'll just finish with this as far as like buying porno mags. Um, I, the first time I ever went to New York was when I was 19, I think. And I went to see Carmen at the Met with Denise Graves and it was fucking incredible and iconic and people wearing fucking jeans at the Met. And I was like, who is this trash? Um, I was so mad, but I bought, there was like a magazine vendor on the subway Mm -hmm. and I bought the first like gay porn mag i ever bought was um i bought two what honcho yes honcho and um latin inches (laughs) 
Oh my God. Yeah, they used to hang like you were, you know, the little mm-hmm. magazine newspaper stand that you could get gum and soda and water. They used to mm-hmm. just hang up on the thing and, you know, it'd be like People Magazine, da da da, New York Post, Latin Inches, you know, <laughs> <laughs> big black belt. <laughs> right. My friends were like, oh my God, I cannot believe you. And I was like, fuck it, what? I'm old enough. That's right. I'm going to get it. And also, I had never seen something like that. Just fucking Latin inches hanging. Just And you could just ask for it. You could be like, give me a copy of Entertainment Weekly and a Latin inches. <laughs> Cover all your bases, baby. Oh, God. Anyway, like I said, that's it for me. And then we talked for five more minutes. I know, but that's fine. That was funny. All right. So we're wrapping it up. Yeah, let's get going. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This is Adam. This is Jerry. Bye. Bye. Thank you for getting foul with foul monkeys. And we hope you enjoyed the show. You can send feedback, dick pics, or marriage proposals to foulmonkeys at gmail.com. You can also leave us sexy messages or some really heavy breathing at 863-666-0377. Ask us questions and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at foulmonkeys. You can also join us over at the Facebook page where things can get really, really dirty. Thank you for listening, and we will Fullerton talk to you soon. Next. Bye. Doors open on the left at Fullerton. How about Chicago? I could be 